Hey everybody, my name is Kevin. I'm one of the main producers of The Uncommon Truth. This week, Steve, Vicky, and Luke were all away on vacation, so we'll be playing one of Steve's recent sermons titled Our Father in Heaven. If you'd like to find more, you can find us on YouTube by searching Father's House Oroville. But for now, please enjoy this message, and we'll be back next week with more original content. Last week I talked to you about the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven. And I told you that it's not about getting his kingdom to come, his kingdom's already here. It's not about getting your bread taken care of or your sins forgiven. The, the Lord's Prayer is not even supposed to be a, a repetitious prayer of many words like we've turned it into in many arenas. It's, it's a uh, position that the Lord's Prayer puts you in, believing in who he is. And so it really is coming to that point where you have a father in heaven. Not a father when you want him and not when you don't want him, but a father in heaven that is a father 24-7. And then all those things will be taken care of. And that's what we talked about last week. This week, he tells a story about the Lord's Prayer. And so we're going to pick it up in verse 5 and read through 13. And he said, suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me from a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And from the inside, he answers and says, Do not bother me. The door's already been shut, and my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Now suppose one of you fathers is asked by his sons for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Or if he asks for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now this is a description. He's trying to tell them what our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, and that whole thing. He's trying to explain it to them, that this is is who you are. You're you're calling out to someone, and even if if it's inconvenient to give you what you're asking for, he's going to give it to you because of your persistence. And we like that verse in the middle of it that says, ask and you'll receive, seek and you'll find. But what he's saying is, if you are a person who has made God your father, and you put yourself in a position to trust him like a little child trusts their parent, then these things are true. You'll knock on the door and he'll get out of bed and come give you what you need. You'll ask and you'll receive. And see those words, they mean something like seek and you'll find. We like that bumper sticker. We like to just declare it. Hey, seek and you'll find. You get whatever you ask. It's it's like it becomes like a vending machine. You go over to the vending machine and you say, I want that pack of donuts. You look down, you see what that pack of donuts costs. You put that amount in and you push those buttons and you get your pack of donuts. And we want God to be a vending machine, our prayer life to be a vending machine. You put in your two minutes of prayer and he puts in whatever you ask for because it says so, right? But we don't want to seek because seek means to plot and to plan for success, to plot and to plan to have what you are asking for. Seek first the kingdom of God, plot and plan for this kingdom of God to be yours and it will be yours. You'll be like a little child asking his father for bread. He will surely give you bread. But that's if you are someone Because he said earlier in Matthew, he said, don't be like the Gentiles who have no father in heaven. Don't be like the Pharisees who don't even have a concept of a father in heaven. 
No, you have a Father who's in heaven. And then he teaches, when you pray, pray, Father. I honor your name, I hallow your name, and I will not dishonor it. And then you'll be like the guy knocking on your father's door, asking him for bread. He's going to give you bread. You're going to get what you asked for because you've become somebody that sees their father as in heaven, trust their father in heaven. I don't believe I can trust my father in heaven if I make a lot of money and I trust my money. I believe for me to trust him as father in heaven, I have to put in a few dollars more than I can afford to put in. I have to always make sure I'm not trusting in my money. I, I mean, I do it successful for years, but then I fall into it and start trusting in my money. So if I want to be that guy who seeks and finds, who knocks and it's answered, who asks and receives, because it says I can't, it says whatever you ask, and I, I, don't, I don't see that being true. I don't experience that in my life. But then again, have I put the effort it takes into making him a father in heaven that I trust like when I was a child. I didn't have to have money. Last week I told you about the offering where he, they give me the money to put in the offering. It's not even mine. Yet I don't treat my income, my bank accounts, my success, my knowledge turning into money. I don't treat that the same way I did the money my mom and dad put in my hand to put in the offering. And yet that's what I'm supposed to do. That's what it's saying. And it's saying if I will do that, I can seek and find and ask and receive and knock and have it open. And those words, knock and seek, and seek means to plot and plan continually for success. To knock, the word knock doesn't mean knock. It means knocking, a continuation. Ask doesn't mean ask, and it's over with. I did, I asked him back 30 years ago. I'm still waiting for the answer. No, what it says is the, the person who's asking will, see, will receive. And then he tells a story about the guy knocking on the door. He just keeps knocking on the door. He's not going to get up because he's your friend. He's not going to get up because he likes you. He's going to get up because you persistently continue to do what he's told you to do, and you are who you're supposed to be. I recognize the guy outside the door. Most of us live a Christian life that makes us unrecognizable. The guy knocking on the door in this story is recognized by who he's asking. He he. He knows who he is and says he will get up because of the guy's persistence. Who is the guy? The one who asks and keeps asking, receives, knocks, and goes, gets the door open. That's the guy who keeps on going, who keeps doing, who keeps seeking, who plots and plans for success, who looks at the road and says, there's lots of temptation down that road. There's not as much down this road. I'm going this road. I want to plot and plan for my success, not my failure. I don't want to go down this road and then say, well, it was too much. The devil made me. You know, the devil got me. I, I, you got to plot and plan for success to become the son who trusts in the father. Because you know what happens to a person who trusts in the father like a child trusts in their, in their parents? They become someone that the father trusts. I trust you on that road. I trust you in this path. I trust you with this money. I trust you. See, I don't want money unless he's, he's making it like, I'll give you this because I know you can handle it. And with every temptation on that money, I'm going to give you a way of success, of escape. I want to give. I want to be generous because he was generous to me. But more than that, I want to be the man who is not bound by money, not bound by my time. You know, I'm out of time. I give all my time. I, you can't ask for any more time. Well, no, I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the guy who asks and receives by saying, no, I want to make sure I don't have near enough time. And then, all of a sudden, I have plenty of time, and everything gets done. People ask me all the time, how do you get done with all the stuff you do? It's quite easy. 
It doesn't, you know, it, it is quite easy because I, my time doesn't belong to me. It belongs to him. My money doesn't belong to me. It belongs to him. My energy doesn't belong to me. It belongs to him. The days of my life belong to him. This body no longer, it's not my house anymore. I gave it up. His house, his rules. He takes possession. That's what this is talking about. A person who allows God to father him. Who looks at God, not for not coming in prayer for God to bless, 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 give me, give me, give me, or give me what I need. Save me, save me, save me. But comes to God with, you're my father. I want to work in your vineyard. I want to make my father famous. I want to push my father's name up. That is Jesus the Christ. I want to push him up. I want to make him famous. I want to tell people of his wondrous grace towards me, his wondrous love for me. We all the time, we talk about, you know, being sons. Everybody's talking about blood-bought child of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. And you never hear me say that. I really don't. You only hear me say it in, in saying what I hear other people say. Because that's not my place to say what I am. My place is to say what he is. Declare him to you and declare him to the world. That's what worship is. You know, you never read in the Bible where it says, and I saw the heavenly host say, and they were saying, we are the heavenly host. And we rule in the kingdom of God. No, you see them on their knees, on their face, praising him, worshiping him, making him and his glory famous. And that's, I think, what I want to emulate. That's what I want to imitate. I want to be like him. So, so I, I want to know him. And I think that what we do here at the Father's House in all of our schools of transformation is what we're trying to tell you is that the most important pursuit of any person who would follow the Lord is to know the Lord. Paul the Apostle in Ephesians, he wrote a, a prayer for the saints in Ephesus. I want to read that to you in chapter 3. And I, um, right there. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father. This is his prayer. I bow my knees before the Father. From whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth of him, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now that's his prayer for the Ephesians. And that's his prayer for us as saints. And that's the kind of prayer that what he's praying is that you would know him. Back in chapter 1 he said, I pray that you would receive I bow my knee, I pray for you that you would receive a spirit of wisdom and revelation, that he would open the eyes of your heart so that you would know him better. These are the prayers of Paul for the saints that he led to Jesus. My prayer for you, my effort for you, my desire for you is that you would know him better. And this prayer, our Father in heaven, we, we say it as a way to get our bread. We say it as a way to be free from the enemy. We say it as a way to have the kingdom come, and we want, oh, we want the kingdom to come, the cloud of glory. Well, the cloud of glory is already here. It's, will you step into it? And that's what he's praying. Will you step into the glory of God, which is the revelation of his fullness through the Holy Spirit? No man has seen God, he said. 
I think it was John that said that. No man has seen God, but we have had Him revealed to us through the Spirit. And this is the prayer that we become somebody. And this teaching of prayer in the, in the Christian church, I think we come up with models of prayer all the time. You want to come up with a model of prayer in the Father's house, I'm for any model you want that I can agree with. And I'd love to have 50 different models of prayer and people praying all the time. But what really I want to, I want to focus on in my life, because you try whatever you want to try, because it says we're supposed to receive what we can, what we ask for. And, I'm, and I want to receive what I ask for. So I want to do some efficient prayer. I want to find out what it is. What makes this true? Well, what makes it true, he says, is that he become your father. But not just, he already is your father. But that you make him your father by trusting him. I mean, why do you worry about what you'll wear, what you'll eat, what you'll drink? Why do you worry about the things of the world? Don't you know your father counts the sparrows, counts the hairs on your head? You can't add a day to your life. He knows it all. He takes care of you. Trust in Him. Don't you know your Father? Don't you know who He is? And so the pursuit of every Christian that is so hard in 21st century world because we talk about our dreams. All my dreams come true. My calling, my passion, my desire. And what we really should be talking about instead of my story is we should be talking about His story. What's His dream for the world? What's his wish or, or power or desire for the world to see? What, what is it that he wants? Well, if he's my father in heaven, if he's truly my father and I honor his name and won't dishonor it, then that's what I care about is what do you want me to do? What do you want to happen in this world? What is it you're asking for? And how do I pray? I really want to know how I pray. Well, I think first and foremost, we must see God. Now, David and Solomon saw God. Now, I, a Christian, in 21st century Christianity, we've turned this around to where we're supposed to live according to David and Solomon. Well, you can try that, but it doesn't work. They contradict Jesus in how to live because they live by a covenant. Well, I, don't, I don't want that covenant. I've been given this so much better covenant, and I want this new covenant. But David and Solomon had something that you and I desperately need. They both see God from a different vantage point. David wrote songs his whole life. The king had him sing the songs because they were so glorious about how they revealed God. And I think you and I should be reading them, not how to live, but how to see God. He talks about him so wondrously. But he also talks, there's one psalm that's all wrath. It's 100% wrath. And it says, teach this to your children for generations. Well, we don't sing that song. Nobody even quotes it. You know those pictures on Facebook where the sunset and the, and, or, the, or the sun setting over a lake or the, you know, the majestic nature and they talk about the wonders and glories from a psalm. They quote a psalm on it and there's millions of them on Facebook all the time. You know what surprises me is they never quote the wrath one with those pictures. He will turn you to dust and, and, and strip your flesh from your bones. And I mean, it's like, but David saw him. David saw him. That is who he is. And you and I don't want to talk about that. No, let's put that aside. We don't talk about that. No, that's who he is. So how much greater is the sacrifice of Jesus Christ? Because I don't have to meet him like that. Because I get to be forgiven. Because I get to be a person who can see, who can be aware of his fatherness. That he brings his glory to me. That I can ask him for bread and think I can get bread. 
that I can seek him and find him, that I can knock and keep knocking and he'll answer me. I mean, how could I possibly be that person? How could you possibly be that person? Because of Jesus Christ. David reveals him, and when David reveals him, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he says, I change not. Well, I don't want the wrath of God. Can I just put, get an amen from anybody? Do you not? I do not want the wrath of God. But you'd be dumb not to realize there is a wrath of God. When it says his anger kindled against that guy, my blood curls. My, I get goosebumps. That's not a good place to be. When Jesus says woe to you, I'm like, ah, no woes. Woes. Stop the woes. No woes. What do we do to avoid woes? Put on the brakes, pull over to the curb. We're not going to get woes. We're not going forward if there was woes ahead of me. Because his woes are horrid, and he hasn't changed. But if I will do what Jesus teaches me to do, I can have a father in heaven. And every parable about the sons of the vineyard owner, the sons of the wedding master, the sons of everything in this book, the sons even of the prodigal father, is mercy and grace, is a good inheritance. That's what I want. And this prayer, all it's about is who I am. And what I decide to do with who he is. Really, I said that backwards. It's about who he is and who that makes me. That's what this prayer is about. And if you want to be someone, I mean, I pray and I get everything I ask for. Well, let's get you up here praying for everybody then. Because there's some hurting people in the crowd that need your ask anything and receive it. They need it. You know, let's get you, let's get you vetted and find out if you're real. But if not, let's get on this journey to find out. I read a book one time. I, I was really, really like aching for, I want to know how to pray because I don't get what I ask. I think I just come off of praying for my best friend in his deathbed. Absolutely faith galore. It's just like faith. Every, I knew I had a vision of him rising from the dead on this deathbed. He was in his life and then he just died. And I, I need to know how to pray. I picked up, got this book uh, put, sent to me called um, with Christ in the School of Prayer by Andrew Murray. And that title changed my life more than even the Bible ever had. It's suddenly with Christ in the School of Prayer. Now it's 31 chapters of how to pray. It's all verses from Jesus. 31 verses from Jesus. You read them one a day and it's strongly recommended. You don't read them any faster than one a day and then you meditate and write notes and learn what it's telling you. And I found after the 31st day, that what he had talked about for 31 days and 31 verses, what Jesus is saying is that all healing and all answers to prayer are directly dependent on who you believe God is. Do you believe him as a father? Or do you believe him as this God out there? You know, do you fear him like a child should fear their father? Do you love him and revere him like a child should revere, like a toddler does? My little girl said to me one time, Dad, you know everything, don't you? I couldn't lie to her. I'd say, well, no. I'm so glad you think so. And then another daughter said, you can do anything, can't you? Well, no. I don't want to lie to you, but I don't want to burst your bubble either. I love that you think I can. But I do know a father that can. I do know a father that knows everything. And he's the one I'd like to lead you to. I'd like the example so good that you say, man, this dad's really good, but he ain't perfect. There's another dad I can get around to go to that is perfect. 
right? And I can make him my father who art in heaven. That's what I want. I don't want them to be so disappointed in father that they don't seek him. I want them to be really happy with the father they had so that they can seek him, so that they can look at him and understand what a father is. And if, the, if, if there's people in the crowd or people in my ministry that didn't have a father in their life, I want to be that guy that can show them there is a father. But I'm not going to fit into the 21st century Christian model of God never punishes because he does punish. In Andrew Murray's book, when you get to the end, it's all about how a father would respond. Do you accept it? Do you believe? I got to decide. I have a decision to make. And that's what this prayer has been about. It's not about getting your bread. It's not about getting answers to prayer. You can put it on all bumper stickers you want that said, ask and you shall receive. But that's not what it's saying. It's saying, become a person who has a father in heaven. Understand who that father is. Trust him as a father with everything. Then you'll ask and you'll receive. You'll get the bread you ask for. You'll get, you'll get, the, you'll get everything you're asking for. And everything... Because he's a father, a good father. And so, Andrew Murray, I, I learned this prayer model from him. And here I am all these years later still trying to figure out, how do I trust him? I want to give more than I can afford every time. I want to give all of my life every time into this pursuit of who does he say he is? David and Solomon tell me, you know, Solomon is... I talked about David, but Solomon is wild, man. He says, there's five things God likes. No, six. Then he says, there's seven things God hates. Wait a minute, there's eight. And I mean, he names them and it's like, oh no. I did some of those. Oh no, I still am some of those. Oh no. He'll tell you who God is. And when I read it and I see God doesn't like that, do I then just say, oh, well, he'll forgive me. He'll, he'll, he has to forgive me. Or do I say, no, I've disappointed my father. I don't want to be that. I don't want to disappoint him. I don't want to stop seeking, stop knocking, stop asking. I don't want to ask. I want to be asking. I don't want to seek. I want to be seeking. I don't want to knock. I want them knocking. That's what I want my life to be, a continual knocking. So they get up and they answer the door. They give me what I need. And what I need, i got to tell you, that, that scripture that says, delight yourself in the Lord and He will grant you the desires of your heart. What He's told me that means is if He's the desire of my heart and I ask for Him, I will receive Him. If the desire of my heart is Him, I can have it. If I will seek Him, I will find Him. If I ask for him, I will get him. And I think that that's what the prayer is about. That's what a, I mean, somebody told me the other day about the greatest time of their life right now is right now. Three little pitter-patter of little feet run to the door when he walks in every day. Daddy's home and they run to the door. They run to get, and I got to tell you, man, uh, when my oldest stopped doing it and the little three kept coming, I was like, I felt wonderful. I had three, but wow. Uh, that season has passed. She doesn't run to the door every day. Now she's only running to the door once in a while. Something else has her attention, you know. And then the second one, and then the third one. And pretty soon, no children running to the door when you come home. I want to be like the little children that run to the door, father's home. 
I used to lay in the TV room. Called, we called it the den in my house. And my mom would say, when my mom couldn't get me, she couldn't overwhelm me with any kind of anger or threats or anything. She said, well, we'll wait till your father gets home. <laughs> and I knew the sound of his Datsun pickup turning into the driveway, right? Because by the time I was a teenager, he'd bought his first new car of his life, and it was a Datsun pickup. And I'd heard that pickup coming in the driveway. And I knew, uh-oh, dad's home. Authority has arrived on the premises. You see, I want to see God like that. He's arrived. Uh-oh. Uh, am, I, am I dressed right? Do I look right? Am I behaving right? Have I honored him? I want to run to the truck like a little child would. I would say, Dad, you're home. I don't want to be afraid because my mom's going to tell him and I'm going to get whipped. I don't want to be afraid of my father. I want to be obedient, son. That doesn't have to worry dad's coming home. Yeah, I've done nothing wrong. I'm going to run to him and honor him and welcome him and lay myself at his mercy. What are we doing? What do you want? What do you need? What can I do? Dad's home. I want to see him like that. I want to know him like that. I want my pursuit of my life to not be about success or getting things done or getting things built. I want the main pursuit of my life to be about trusting him as father. And he calls me to do things. He calls me to work vineyard. He calls me to pick, you know, physical labor as well as mental labor, as well as spiritual labor to pray. He calls me to be his mouthpiece, his hands. Because I run to him and I welcome him. Because I worship him with all that I have. And I'd highly recommend that you concentrate on these words. That you come and let these words be spoken over you and explained to you by a mature Christian adult who as soon as he turns from being a mature Christian adult in front of you he turns to his father and reverts into a toddler in his lap that's what you want to be and that's what I'm trying to be and that's what I recommend to you that you find someone who can read these words to you and they will change your life and who can explain these words to you and it will change your life and it will model father to you and it will change your life and then cause you to say, I'm going to seek him. I'm going to ask for him. I'm going to knock on his door until he gives me what I want, and that's him. I want to be like him. Jesus laid down his life for the world. I want to lay down my life for the world. Because that's what my father wants me to do. That's what my father wants me to do. That's what my father wants me to do. Well, let's see. This God, we've been taught he doesn't discipline, but I found that he does. We've been taught that it's all about his love for us, but I found that it's more about my love for him because his love's a given. For me to wonder about his love for me is kind of like to not believe in him. If the cross isn't enough, I don't know what is. He's loved me all he needs to, but for some reason he just keeps loving me more. But I don't think I've loved him enough. I haven't trusted him enough. And when it says, I hallow your name, I will not dishonor it. It means I will not fail to trust you. I will not fail to come to you. I will not fail to be yours. And so today, let's just bow our heads, close our eyes. 
let's, let's close this down. I have so much more to say, so much more coming at me, so much more rising up from the Lord. This is his subject. Prayer being the seeking of him. Prayer being the understanding of who he is and wants to be in your life. Prayer is all about you have a father in heaven. And if you knock at your father's door, he'll answer. If you seek him, you'll find him. So bow your heads and close your eyes and pray. And I'm going to pray and you can aim, and I'm going to ask you to amen, okay? If you agree with it. So listen to my words and see if you agree. Father, I've fallen short of making you my father by trusting you with everything. I've found myself trusting in many things other than you. And I ask you to forgive me. Can you say amen to that? I declare today that you are my Father who art in heaven, and I honor your name as Father. I honor the name Jesus, and I call you the Holy Spirit. And I will not dishonor you by trusting on purpose in the things of this world, but I will work hard to put my trust in you, to declare my trust in you, and to declare your faithfulness. Now, can you say amen to that prayer? I give you my life again today to use me as you will. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit, show me the areas that I need to change. Show me the places in my life where I have failed to make you a father. Trust you like a little child and to behave as a mature Christian adult to those around me. Show me the areas where I need to grow. I need to change. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Amen. Now I'm going to pray over you. Father in heaven, thank you. The Father's house acknowledges you. We call this your house, the Father's house. And we come inside to make you our Father, and we declare your name. Our Father in heaven, hallowed and honored is your name. We love that your kingdom has come that your will is being done here on earth just as it is in heaven. And we thank you for the bread, our daily bread, that you bring into our lives and that you give us, that you reward us with even. We thank you for that. Hallelujah. We ask you and thank you for the forgiveness. I can't believe how I could even breathe if I wasn't forgiven for all the sin that I've committed, that we've committed. We thank you for forgiving our sins. And Lord, if there's anyone in our life that we have not forgiven, now you're going to have to say amen to this. If there's anyone in our life that we have not forgiven, we ask that you'd show it to us so that we might forgive them. And we thank you for delivering us from the evil one. We thank you for removing temptation from our path, or if we come upon temptation, for giving us a way of escape. We thank you, Father. For you do what a good father does and you protect us from them. And we're grateful for that. Here in the Father's house, we are grateful for that. Oh, Lord. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. You are the King of heaven and Lord over all the earth. 
you are our Father, which makes us your sons. And Lord, we thank you for even the opportunity that you might call us son. You might call us child. You might. And I'm so grateful for that hope of glory. Thank you, Lord. Now, can you say amen even to the forgiveness part? Now, can you say it a little more boldly than that? God bless you all. I want to tell you something. The king is here. He's, he's, he's here. He's here. He's out there. And he's right in here. He made his home in me. I abdicated the throne of my life. And I said, I give you my life. And I, I made this his house. And I've decided if it's going to be his house, it's got to be his rules. And so when I pray for people, he prays for people. When I touch people, he touches people. And I'm no different than anybody else who he wants you to all have that. But I have to tell you that I have that. And I've been laying hands on people and they've come back and tell me they're healed. So there's been a lot of people telling me they've been healed of crazy things too. Amazing things. And so again today I'm going to pray for people to get healed. Don't wait. Because when I'm done, I'm done. And you'll have to wait till next week. Okay? Don't wait. Don't be lazy. Run to your Father. He's here healing. We're going to anoint you and we're going to heal you. He is. Now, every other thing, conviction over what I preach today. I know there's conviction. Many of you should have been convicted by what the Holy Spirit is saying. I hear His voice. He's talking to everybody all the time. I, can, I can't differentiate, but I can hear Him saying to people. And there should be a lot of conviction in the room. I'm going to give you the chance right now to move towards him, to have him help you with that place he's convicting you. Go to your knees. Bow down. Paul says, I go to my knees to pray for you. Go to your knees before your Father in heaven. You'll find mercy because he is a Father who's merciful to his children. You've been listening to The Uncommon Truth. Thank you so much for making us a part of your podcast routine. We really hope you enjoyed our conversation today and would love to get your feedback. You can tell us what you think about today's show at UncommonTruthPodcast at gmail.com. You can also get in touch to ask questions for Steve and Vicki or suggest a subject you'd like to hear covered. Either way, we'd love to feature your comments on an upcoming episode. If you're new to the show or just haven't done so yet, please take a moment to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps push the show up the charts so more people can find us. If you know someone who would enjoy the types of conversations that happen on The Uncommon Truth, click share on the podcast app of your choice or send them to uncommonpodcast.com. Until next time, have a great week and keep running after Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be.